0: So hello everyone, this is Rihanna Morgan. I'm here um, representing the great and wonderful Vagabond Magazine. I am the editor-in-chief of Vagbond Magazine, and I wanna introduce our founder and publisher, C.D., and let him introduce himself a little bit, and then I can go through all of the other members, or he can go through all of the other members of our editing group, our editing team, our editor team, and then we can get the show going.
1: That sounds really good. I love your introduction. I love that you're <laughs> piloting the ship, Riona. Actually, it's it's great. Um, so I'm CD Domicchio, founder and publisher of Vagabond magazine and vagabond.com. And I'm really happy to be back. I just got back from 10 days of no tech and no talking. And so I've got this little bit of a cold that's that's here. But um, I'm really happy to be back and it's been crazy to like to not have looked at news, not seen anything, and, and there's been a lot going on so I'm excited to catch up.
0: Oh man, me too, me too. I, first of all, I'm so glad that you were back and I'm so glad that you were able to um do that for yourself and so that's, you know, one of the things that looking forward into 2024, I really want to focus a little bit here and there on self-care and doing the things that we need for our own souls and hearts. And so, yes, I commend you so much for that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna um, transition a little bit and introduce some more members of our Vagabond Magazine editorial team. So, E. R. Donaldson t- is our managing editor, and then we have CryptoVersal Books. Um, CryptoVersal is our literary editor. And we have Quanta, the amazing Quanta, is our fashion editor. And then our technology editor is Indefatigable. And so um, they may jump in periodically throughout today's show, or they may jump in next time you jump, drop by for a listen. But they are super... Brianna, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit. I don't know oh. if that's my connection or if that's you. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, well, I haven't moved at all, so let me keep talking and we'll see if it works itself out. Okay. So, um, anyway, so that's our, uh, that's our editorial team. And, um, I'm going to pass the mic back to CD and see if he has a topic he wants to bring forward so we can chat about that and then see how things move along here. CD, are you with us? Hmm. That may be something going on his end. Okay, so let me, um, I want to say hello, hello. And um, I think, did we get a note here? Let's see, did something come through? You hear us both clear. Oh, that's so great. So authored style, do you wanna come up and share some things you're working on in your world? I'll send an invitation to you. Thank you so much for coming today and um i would love to have you join us up on stage and share a little bit about what you've got going on in your world and we'll give cd a bit of time and see if he can jump back here with us and here we have indefatigable dropping in this is amazing what a day this is so great so i'm going to send him an invitation and see if he wants to jump up and chat a little bit too because i actually have some some fun questions for him about all of the things going on. Um, His feelings about the space. And so, hello, hello, good morning, Indy Fatigable.
2: Hello, friends.
0: I don't know, I don't know. Well, Indy, how are you doing and what's going on in your world?
2: I am happy to be here. I took a day off work. um, And I'm excited to be on this show. I usually have to miss it. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm so happy. So, Indy, can you hear me?
2: I can hear you perfectly. I hear CD well. Yeah,
0: I did. And
2: too. I figure, like, technical difficulties, we just be patient and pretend like they're a feature.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Like, this is an improv game.
0: It is. Where we
2: can kind of hear each other or kind of cannot
0: right right yes and yes and yes so, yes
2: <laughs> and
0: yes and yes and and so author st- authored style i would love for you to join us today so please jump in and introduce yourself and tell us something you've been working on
3: uh, before i do that I, I thought that was funny um i have a, a friend that comes into spaces and their wi-fi keeps cutting off and on and they like blur and that some point, you start understanding what they're saying, so you'll just, you just go with it. so I'm with that. Excellent.
0: Excellent, excellent.:
3: uh, But yeah, for me, I'm just um, working with different people who are trying to, you know, get to the author game, um, putting out books and stuff like that, so just trying to be like um, soundboards for them. So that's what I've been doing. And in the new year, I do want to try the scent.co um and test out some things um so right now just kind of getting a reading and trying to you know perfect a little bit more before i put out another piece but yeah i, I appreciate these things
0: yeah that sounds amazing so if you um if you're going down the um path and you have questions just reach out and let me know i would love to help you and talk about some of the things i use it for and so, yes, don't ever hesitate to just be like, hey, I, I need help with this. Or can we can I bounce some ideas off of you? Because I would I would love to be able to do that and love to be able to help with that. So, yeah, um, just feel free. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Excellent. And I see that we have CD back with us. And so let's see if he can chat. That
1: was terrible. Like I I was away from tech for 10 days and for some reason I forgot that X does these shenanigans but i couldn't hear anything like suddenly riona's voice started going robot and then she handed it to me and i started talking then my mic got shut off and then i couldn't hear anybody so can you hear me now yes oh, yes yes well good morning <laughs> good morning, good morning. Good morning. Yay. um i just want to say how much of what i did you hear anything that i said previously
0: nothing nothing nothing, oh, nothing. thanks elon um
1: so Anyway, I just I was waxing poetic about uh, our great team, you know, how E.R. Donaldson is like the, the guy that you want to be crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure everything gets done, uh, about indefatigable and how blessed we are to have him, you know, him being that, that rare creative person who also has a technical understanding and the ability to, like, see both sides of that, that coin that usually people are on one side or the other. Um, of course Riona absolutely love you my sister from another mister and um, (laughs) you know the fact that you and I have hung out in real life and spent time you know doing other things together is really just a big bonus in all of this but like I so admire all of your work and everything that you do. Cryptoversal books I want to sing out because that guy's been along for the ride since the beginning like the first issue of Vagabond magazine the literary space is there run by him and like what an innovator and leader in this space and in this place. Um, and the same for Quanta in terms of the, the digital fashion and Web3 fashion. Like We are so blessed to have the team that we have and everyone here. And I'm just really happy to be back. And I missed you guys.
0: Oh yeah, we miss you too a lot. And so it's really, it's really, when we have such a wonderful cohesive team, like we do, and one person is absent, it's really evident to see what a key role that they have and how we all work together, like in this beautiful, in this beautiful way. And, and when someone is absent, it's just like, oh, but we really need CDs insight. We really need, his thoughts on this. And, and so it's almost like I want to uh, revamp some old topics and say, oh, we want to talk about this. We want to get your input. So we may, we may even pull that out again and see. And so were you able to hear, um, indie speak and were you able to hear what authored style is working on?
1: I caught the tail end of what authored style is working on um, that he wants to start using scent for some things and he's helping some, some other authors, but that was it. And I'm so sorry, you guys to like uh, ask for a rehash, but I would love to know. I'd love to know what's going on. I've been buried in a tech free zone, um, talk free zone for 10 days. So there's, there's nothing I don't want to hear.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So Indy, you want to tell us what you're doing with your day off?
2: Um, well I don't I don't want to offend anyone on our very polarized global uh, geopolitics scale but I'm I'm participating in solidarity with calls for a global uh, strike to support a ceasefire in um, Israel and Palestine and How could that offend anybody? Indy? I mean I'm always. like i Oh sure it it does. Not. It does. There's a sort of there's a sort of um viewpoint that um any yielding uh is in support of more violence either now or in the long term and there isn't a lot of rational discussion around it is more emotionally charged, you know, kind of like knee jerk. But I get both I get the perspectives and so I wanna be sensitive to alternative viewpoints, which I've heard quite a bit of. <laughs> but I really I I think writers around the world um lovers of humanity lovers of art um are all collectively putting their efforts together to to do what they can to raise awareness to the humanitarian crisis which i think everybody can agree um uh is is something that we should try to do something about uh so that's why i'm off today um and and it's not just like I'm off and chilling, it's like I'm off and focused on seeing what I can do. I don't know. I have my ukulele here. I'm thinking of songs for peace. You know, like I don't know. It's like is art a tool for for helping people? I don't know. Uh I guess oh, it's you know,
0: you know. Yes.
2: Uh, so yeah, so that's my day today. And I, I couldn't think of a better group of people to be with, like and all of everyone listening. And I, I totally acknowledge that not everyone will share uh this viewpoint, but um peace now or peace later, peace always. <laughs> I guess oh,
0: is my <laughs> That is so true. That is so true. And I I always believe set down the weapon and pick up your heart. Um that's there's never there's never a question for me it's just love first do that first and man you'll be amazed at how far you can get so i'm i i'm with you and i'm with oh gosh um yeah put put down the weapon pick up your heart
2: um that make that gave me goosebumps rihanna uh (laughs) last week last week i got to present what i do for my day job i i do a annual anthology of the best poetry drama um fiction and non-fiction from people incarcerated all over the country and every one of the people who like submits their work thousands and thousands of people submit every year um to to the organization i'm leaving <laughs> but they uh they, they they submit and what I recognize um is that everyone has taken like creative expression as a solution for themselves for like introspection and community building and all the things that we do here in the outside world and, and even in web 3 um, it's it works even in the harshest circumstances so like people who feel lost and alone they pick up a pen and poem they read the poetry of others and so it's really cool I got to stage their work at um brick arts and media in Brooklyn and like a bunch of people came out and it was really really cool had actors and stuff reading the work for the people who couldn't be there so I guess I'm also kind of recouping from organizing that event which was really touching and and moving and stuff um and and there's the the one major thing is like we tend to even in this country based on like media we think of people who are inside prisons as like oh they deserve that or like they're they're weirdos and like they're deviants but like there's so many like moms and cousins and younger sisters and like just people really struggling and like i get to see all of them and their words and their hearts um and I kinda just want everybody else to as well. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. But writing helps get their their selfhood out there into the world. So anyway. Um that's really where I'm at in in the heart and mind space, I guess. Ah. I feel very exposed right now. I don't know. Really shut up. Right now. Oh,
1: hey, Thank you. Thank yeah. you for exposing yourself that way and for sharing that. I mean, that's the thing is if we don't share those ideas and if we don't share those like Ways of living and ways of thinking and ways of being, then how can anyone know? And and the truth is, like, we do have so many, um, I don't want to say wrong ways of thinking, but misguided ways of thinking about about other people. You know, we we spend so much time coming up with these narratives that that just simply aren't true. And the narratives sort of block the ability of us to actually see what's true. And you know, the, the Israel Palestinian thing and the Ukraine Russian thing is are a couple of really big examples of that but um prisons in the U.S. are maybe an even bigger example of that and the way that we think of people who are incarcerated and the way that we think about communities who are impacted by incarceration and the way that we think about families and the people that you know that are basically tortured because of the way that that we've been sort of misguidedly thinking about this stuff. So I really I really admire you, Indy. I love that you and I are friends and I so much think that the work that you do has such a huge impact and you're such a humble dude. But man, really the the love that comes out of your heart and that just like pushes you into these directions. So admirable, so loved back in return and so necessary for the world, man. Really thank you so much. Don't feel exposed, feel empowered because you're an empowering dude.
0: So very true, so very true. And I see that we have our friend Odd Writings here with us today. Hello, hello.
4: Hello, I've got my cup of coffee, uh, getting over one of my mild headaches, not not, not, not a big deal. Uh, obviously, I, I arrived a little bit late, so I, I, uh, I recognize a little bit of talk about Israel and Palestine and uh, incarceration and things. Uh, was there something early on about uh, maybe are we having a special vagabond magazine dedicated to controversial issues? Or is there a,
1: <laughs> are, are, are,
2: are we, uh,
4: <laughs> yeah, or are, are, are we sort of just talking about what we've been thinking about, you know, kind of, you know, what we've been working on?
2: It, Rihanna asked me, "What am I doing with my day to day?" So, like, I'm 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 on strike. So that that was basically it. This is not the themed episode for controversial issues.
1: I like the idea out? of having a controversial. If- well, we might as well. Other people talk about controversial issues. I don't see why we shouldn't. Maybe we should, we should schedule that once a month. The, the monthly controversial issues. Episode where we can you know let people get heated or or let people get get bobbed.
4: yeah i think i think it might be kind of it also on on a very superficial level it's a little bit a little bit witty because you know it's a a a controversial issue about controversial issues so it's like (laughs) kind of thing
1: (laughs) george can't help it man even george's thinking is in palindrome
0: i love it That's wonderful. (laughs) I actually think that's a good idea to have a a controversial issue uh, space once a month. That might be really interesting. That might be really um, enlightening and opening um, the ideas of different perspectives and, and outlooks for our listeners and for us. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just listening to Indy this morning talk about the the citizens and the people who he um, interacts with on a daily basis. And everybody I think knows that I'm a lawyer in my day job and the people who I interact with are, are people, they're people. And, and um, there's this idea that um, life happens Um, all of your choices and all of those things, you know, sometimes, sometimes that you're the one who put you in that position. And then there are some, some there's, (laughs) this is a, this is a controversial issue here in my world is sometimes life happens to people. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't put everything on someone's shoulders as well, you chose that you chose that. Well, some people would never have chosen the place that they are in and the place where they are being. And yes, authored style, I see that your hand is up.
3: No, I gonna touch on that. It's something I do in my day to day. I have to do uh, history checks for people. Like if they have a baby, basically, and we try to set up services for them. But what we do is a history search of like a family, like, you know, what happened to mom and dad. Um, and, and I deal with abuse, and neglect of children, vulnerable adults. And a lot of times what it is, is like day one of the mom's life was like abusive. You know, day two of the dad's life was abusive. And there's so much Mm -hmm. stuff that happens. And then you can see, you know, things that happen. And, you know, we try to get, right now we're trying to give services to people to like better a child's life going forward by putting like services and stuff in place. But you can just see like all the horrible things, like the, Parents
0: went through and then it just kind of just carries over right right gosh um well i just want to say i'm so grateful that we are all here and that we all have um voices of love and care for each other and the worlds that we touch and which is another um, huge reason that vagabond magazine is such a home for me and all of you here um whether you're listening now or in the future just know that we are a safe and loving place and that you are welcome with us and that we care for you so i'm super grateful <laughs> that we we get to do this together and that we get to build build in this world together where such voices are heard and honored and so Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so CD, you now are back. Do you want to give an update on what you have been doing?
1: I will. I'd love to. Um, so first, I just want to say that that for anybody listening now or in the future, um, this is a safe space. And even if your opinions and views are dissimilar to ours or they, they conflict with ours, you are welcome to express that in a kind and loving and peaceful way but if you want to express it in a terrible way if you want to be toxic um if you want to be aggressively um mean if you want to be a dick we will silence you um in this space and I, I think that that's just a fair thing to say like um you know if you're going to be toxic then we we get the choice to say like we choose not to accept that gift like, you're bringing the gift of toxicity here. I'd like to give you my toxicity. And we choose to say, like, no, we'd rather not accept that toxicity. Thank you. You can keep it, but we don't want it. So that, that's for the future. I think that that just needs to be the way. Like, you don't have to agree with us. You don't have to toe, you know, the opinions or views of Vagabond magazine, the editors of Vagabond, the friends and, and listeners or contributors of Vagabond. Um, but you do have to be a, a kind person um, in, in the way that you deal with that 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 came across the right way um anyway what what i've been doing for the last 12 days was 12 okay 13 days ago 13 days ago i went and um i checked into this camp uh and it's the Pasna meditation and it's a 10-day um silent retreat so we turned in our phones they gave us the orientation they told us where we were sleeping they put us in like cabins you know with like Men and women were separated from each other with no contact except like seeing across this imaginary dividing line. Uh, we didn't know the other people that we were with, and we all took a vow of silence. We turned in our devices. There was no tech. You know, there was um, like electric lights, but run very sparingly. And essentially, we spent, uh, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day uh, meditating, learning meditating meditation techniques um, and a lot, lot, lot of time in contemplation, in reflecting on our lives, and putting uh, the pieces of our lives together in ways that maybe we hadn't been able to together because our world is just so loud and so busy and so constant and so um, anti-focus. You know, our world doesn't let us focus. So this was so for ten days, no, no communication of any kind, no eye contact, no, um, no, uh hand gestures and you know we're like sharing a, a bathroom among the men and they're sharing a bathroom among the women and there were people who you know blessed us by coming out and volunteering to prepare food so that we could meditate and you know not be interrupted and you know we woke at four thirty in the morning with gongs and we go to sleep at nine thirty at night um you know with the, the lights out and the sound of of the night and the morning and it was just it was such a beautiful experience i'm really just it ended yesterday and I'm still processing all of that um, and, and many of the lessons from it. But I have to say it was life changing. And, and also, this is something that is it's non-religious. It's non-denominational. You know, it does have a, a Buddhism focus, but it's you can be a Hindu, a Muslim, a Christian, uh, a Buddhist, uh, a baldist, whatever you want to be. You can be that and they're not going to try to change you into something else. And also, it's free. It's something that they don't charge for, which makes it very, very clean. Like, And I kept expecting like, at the end that there would be some sort of, you know, like, and because you've been here, now we're going to do the timeshare pitch, and you have to pay. You have to, you know, get out your wallet and make it worthwhile. They never did that. You know, they said, hey, like, this is all paid for by donations, and if you guys want to donate so that other people can come and experience this, you know, we encourage you to, like, enjoy the joy of, like, sharing that. But there was no pressure. It was really just – astoundingly amazing and um you know so lots of things there but um one of the big ones was no tech and no talking and and no sort of human interaction or touch was really just like creates this really different dynamic than most of us have ever experienced especially in the past you know 20-30 years with the advent of smartphones and the the every instant um touching of technology. So that's kind of what I've been up to. And I'm just so happy and grateful to be back and, you know, filled with gratitude for so many things. But uh, if you guys have questions about this, um, I'd be happy to field any questions or we can just move on and talk about something else. If you guys want to do that, I'm just happy to be talking with you and here.
0: That sounds so amazing. It sounds so rich and enriching and um, just amazing.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I guess, I mean, I've practiced meditation and various forms of mindfulness, and it's been super valuable for me, so I guess um, I'm wondering how that experience compared to maybe other um experiences you've had like that cd
1: yeah i mean it's it's comparable you know um to to other experiences and you know i've never i've never done a 10 days of no talking in in my life like there's never been 10 days that i didn't talk except maybe when i was an infant and um, and as an adult, I've never had 10 days of no interaction, you know, with, um, you know, I, I do go into hermit mode sometimes, but you still have to like, you know, say hello and good morning and, you know, go to the grocery store, or do what you need to do. Um, so, so all of it very powerful, but I, but I would say like. So I think for some people, they, they go and they do something like this, and they're like, okay, this is the way, this is the future, this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to now, this is actual living, um, and that's where they move forward. For me, I, I have a pretty robust philosophical system, you know, I mean, baldism is really like, as much as baldism is a joke, it is really a reflection of my philosophical system, and so it's pretty robust, and it's, it's made up of so many different Components, you know, things from Nichiren Buddhism to transcendental meditation to some aspects of Hinduism to, you know, things that I picked up in Christianity and, and Scientology and Islam, of course, you know, as well plays into that. And so so I have this very robust, inclusive philosophical system that that I live within. And so for me, this is like adding one more um, one more beautiful, beautiful piece, you know, and, and that was my sort of my reason of doing it is I saw that my. I've meditated for a long time, but not particularly effectively, you know, I sit for meditation, you know, maybe, maybe 20 minutes in the morning. If I, if I bring myself to it and sometimes as much as 30 minutes or an hour, and I'm sorry if the wind and the, in the cars are going to maybe make my voice a little hard to hear through the earbuds. Um, I wanted to be outside with you guys today um, as opposed to sitting inside, but so so yeah, I, I feel like my meditation game needed to be reset, and I I heard about Vipassana from a friend and he was like, yeah, it's ten days, and told me about the whole thing, and I was like, oh, this is like meditation boot camp, you know. I was a marine, and I went through the, the Marine Corps boot camp, which is you know arguably one of the hardest, um, you know, mental and physical challenges in the world, but um, but the ten day meditation boot camp ranks right up there with it, and in terms of impact, it might even rank. A little bit higher in terms of positive change um so to get back to that question it i definitely felt some connection with the real that um that i'd been missing and wanting and trying to achieve but this connection with the real is something that i've also felt through some other practices you know through uh, read Buddhism you know the, the chanting the Namya hodenge kyo like when you do that as well you can reach this this point and also through things like surfing and you know being very present in the moment so that's that's the whole goal I think of this this particular practice the goal is to um, to help you to find the place where the expression of your being can actually emerged and coexist with the expression of the totality, the reality of being. I don't know if that makes much sense or not. But George, go ahead. I see your hand.
4: Yeah, so um, you recently for a NaNoWriMo or whatever the the thing is called for the book stuff. uh, So you finished a book about your family. And I'm assuming that uh, a lot of your historical meditative ideas and practices were reflected in there. I'm wondering if you're if, if you're ever thinking of having extracts from that book and maybe publishing one of it in one of the Vagabond uh, upcoming issues, and, and tying it in with a meditation, it might be kind of interesting.
1: It's interesting you say that. Like, so the book, so the book did tie into the tie into this meditation um, to a certain extent in terms of, you know, in in writing the book, I was spending a lot of time. Considering family and relationships, and my family and my relationships, and that was something that also I spent a lot of time in the Vipassana uh, retreat considering and thinking about. And they were two really different ways of, of looking at things. You know, it was it was almost like like I don't know, like like watching the same story be told on Fox News and then on CNN. Um, if that makes any sense.
4: Yeah, different, and different perspectives, that that makes sense. I mean, not completely different, but, you know, slightly different enough such that people notice the difference. I think uh, that's the important thing. And, and, and also, uh, you know, ideas just in general, there's a fluidity to them where what seems valid at one point in time is that that value changes over time, partly because of uh, the society you live in and what you're absorbing from that society and partly also from your own experiences and how you're interpreting what goes on around you. So, uh, for me, you know, stuff, stuff like, uh, you know, articles and, and, you know, things that appear in magazines are like a, a frozen moment in time. And so it's good to know the context around that. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'm not sure why CNN versus, uh, Fox News kind of brought that up, but it's, in a sense, it, I guess it's thinking that they're layers of the same, the same thing, but viewed from slightly different viewpoints, I guess, which is a little redundant. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's like you could have a, a school
1: bus crash, you know, and the Fox News story might be like drug addicts drug addict, ex-con, bus driver, and dangerous kids. And, they, um, and then the, the CNN version of it might be like, you know, 15, 15 innocent, beautiful babies, you know, like terrorized by wayward driver of, of Nissan pickup truck. Um, and the reality of it might be like, you know, the tire went flat and, you know, they, they had to sit by the side of the road for a little while. <laughs> So perspective. Um, and this is actually this is something that I came up and I wanted to talk about it with you guys. Um, and that's the, the no tech aspect of these 10 days. I was sitting in there and, you know, I have a little bit of an entrepreneurial mindset and. And what had occurred to me was like how valuable 10 days completely away from tech and news is and how hard it is. I mean, I I did have some I had some freak outs about access and not not knowing about my my daughter and she was okay and things like that. And um, but I think if you could, if we maybe if we could could somehow create and facilitate a way that was non non mystical, non sort of spiritual practice where people could safely go and have. 10 days of no tech. Um, it, what a thing we'd be bringing to the world, to our world, you know, because 10 days away from news will shift anybody's perspective. And 10 days away from all, like, all the beep, beep, beep of our world will shift anybody's perspective. So have you guys ever – what's the longest that you've taken away from tech in the past, let's say, two years?
4: Well, Did, uh,
2: Go ahead go ahead go
4: ahead. uh well i'm still I'm still actually I'm still formulating my thought and I was gonna start to speak without it, it the formulation. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and go ahead and go
2: first uh I did a retreat I just realized it was uh, september uh twenty twenty two yeah uh up at a farm in Vermont um they had sheep they had yurts we stayed in the yurt there was like a little notepad and like a zine in the yurt that I was in and I could see that there were like quite a few established writers who had stayed there and like I was like I can't write in this notepad <laughs> like I had pages where you could like add your own thing and I was like uh I'll just keep my thoughts my thoughts uh but honestly uh we walked down the hill every day it's like on the side of this beautiful mountain in a three-way intersecting valley uh for the green mountains like they're older than the rockies these mountains um and have so much history but uh we'd go down the hill get our farm to table food there was talking but there was no tech and so like it was like I don't know, it was really good for me to be around people and like just be and not have my consciousness spread far out of like place felt really good, refreshing, I think. I
4: think uh, what what I have is is, is I've I've never owned a cell phone. So for me, it's a little bit easier to stay away from what we think of as tech and so when I'm when I when I think of, uh, you know, I get on the computer and when I'm on the front of the computer, that's my tech. Now, my now for many years, I was a software developer and I guess I'm still a software developer. So uh, but I haven't actually written any software in a long time now. I've been mostly just writing poetry. But back when I started, you know, my whole my whole my whole workday was software development. And then part of it was that because I'd get home and I would want to have nothing to do with with any computer stuff. I tried to be, you know. Just give me a book, something with paper, you know, and and just get me away from that. But there was a point in time in uh, the late '90s. This was when I was do I, I was I was at my first job, my first real software development job, where I or some where I was actually you know I had a boss and you know I was living in a different city and all this, and um, my my version of tech, that didn't. I was doing software development all day long, but I didn't feel it. As tech, I, I thought of I thought of it as is like playing with puzzles. In um, my version of tech was actually the television, <laughs> and and there was a period in in time where I got so tired of the things that I was seeing on television and the emphasis that was being placed on stories in the quote unquote news, where people would talk and talk about uh, uh, O.J. Simpson and the white van and he's going down the road and all this and. And I got so sick of that, that I threw away my TV, I, like I literally just went to the trash and dumped it. And then I had no TV for, for about two years. And so that was my version of isolating from tech, because I thought of tech as interaction with other people, but not sort of, you know, from, from a remote thing. So I wasn't, it's not really interaction, but it's just like getting, getting ideas thrown at you. That to me was what I thought of as tech. And uh, I was pretty happy because I was completely oblivious to things that were going around except for what was in my little world. And so that, to me, I kind of liked until I realized that the first exoplanet had been discovered during that time. And it had it had happened like several years, like, I don't know, a year, a year and a half after I had, uh, you know, kind of blocked myself off. And I was stupefied. That I had not known about this, because it's like you know, once in a lifetime, once in a a, once in a forever thing. I mean, once you find an exoplanet, that's it. The exoplanets have been found. You know, someone has an exoplanet. So, so, uh, and and I thought, well, there is a downside to completely cutting yourself off, because I would kind of like to know if you know when these kind of things happen. And so that's when I started to kind of get back. And start to pay attention to the outside world, mostly in the in science, what was going on in science. But that from that that led on to uh, other things, and so then I kind of reintegrated. Uh, but so it wasn't a total cutoff, but it was significant enough that uh, it 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 changed the way that I behaved to other people. So that's my contribution.
1: George, I love you, man. You are you are such a great person. I'm so glad that you're part of this Ohana, this family that we have. Um, like, and the fact that you live without a cell phone and have never had one, I admire that so much, but I cannot stop laughing at the fact that you're like, and I would cut myself off from tech, but your, your huge regret that you're still holding on to is like, I missed the announcement of the discovery of the first exoplanet is so great that that's the regret that you had. Um, and by the way, it was a Bronco, man. It was a Bronco. If you would have watched more TV, you would have known it was white Bronco. <laughs>
0: That, That's is, that is so funny, <laughs> George, you're so amazing. <laughs> I, um, uh, well, I live in Montana and we have, um, really great internet. We have really great, we have really great, great things when it works. And the time that it doesn't work is during those great big thunderstorms in the summer. And that's literally one of my most favorite times in the world is because the world gets really dark and it gets really rainy and it gets really like loud outside with all of the storm and everything, you know, all the electricity goes out and um, we light a fire and we light candles and we just we we absorb each other and the we open all uh, open all the curtains and we look outside and we, and we try to we try to be as much with the power of the storm outside and the calmness where we are and and be together and when i talk to my children about what are their favorite moments um, growing up they always mention those days when you know the the power will be out for an hour, two hours, seven hours, 24, 48 hours. Um, it just depends. And, and it's, it's just quiet and, and you get the opportunity to set down the responsibilities of life because nothing is working anywhere and nobody can do anything except wait for everything to come back on. And, um, So it it happens every summer and I just, I just love it. I love those moments so much.
1: Brianna, you just reminded me, those were, those were some of my favorite moments of of childhood as well. Were those moments of like, we, I lived in the mountains and in the country um, like in Oregon and in the Southern California mountains, but when the power would go out and we'd have those big storms, yeah, pulling out the candles, my mom pulling out the old kerosene lanterns and, you know, we'd get the fire going and, you know, and we'd play games by candlelight. Those were, with the electricity out, with the power gone, those were probably peak moments. And that's, that's sort of the, the kind of moment that I was experiencing over the past 10 days too was this like, you know, the moment of like, okay, all the stuff that we would usually do, there's no drawing, no whatever, no... No games, no interactions. You, there's no, nothing to read. You know, What are you going to do? And I created games in my head in some cases. Or you know, I, I went out, at one point it was raining and I splashed in puddles because I was like, I really want to splash in these puddles. I'm just going to let myself go splash in these puddles. And um, I know it probably looked like a, a crazy person, a 50-year-old man out there splashing in the puddles. But man, it was so enjoyable to do that. Sometimes we just got to let go. And man, one of my big fantasies for a long time has been that the electric grid would, would fail and somehow we would all come through it and manage to survive without all the
3: beep 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 of the world.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear you. I definitely hear you. But if if that happened, I wouldn't get to talk to you guys. And so that would be awful. <laughs> awful, awful because I'm so grateful for for us and so wonderful excellent um cd did you have another topic that you wanted to bring forward today i do
1: um and you know we don't have to talk about it for long but i have to tell you guys like you know not having electronics not having access to the net one of the things that i didn't have access to was you know i spent some time with nfts and crypto and web3 and I came out and I was like, yesterday, I was like, okay, is it time? I'm going to look. Okay, I'm going to look at the the Bitcoin chart and see. And I was like, I wonder if it's at 12. I wonder if it's at 30. I wonder if it's at, you know, 35. I wonder if it hasn't moved at all. And I looked and it was like at 43 yesterday. I was like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? So does anybody know what happened? Was there an impetus that drove Bitcoin up to 43,000 or was it it something um, just, you know, the stuff that we've been seeing so far?
4: I, I suspect that it's t- it's tied together the, together with ordinals because their ordinals are like getting real popular and uh, that together with talk about uh, a, a, a possible spot ETF that they've been trying to get for years now uh, for uh, you know for cryptocurrency they, they they have future like I don't know what they call them future ETFs or something but there's a version that you can get but you can't get a, a spot ETF. Uh, exchange traded fund in the financial world. and But there's been a lot of talk recently about, uh, oh, maybe this, maybe now we're finally going to get one. So my, my guess is if I were to ascribe a, a reason for it, because I think sometimes things happen for no reason, but if I were to ascribe a reason for this recent rise, I would, I would think it's a combination of ordinals becoming more popular and the talk about the uh, the
2: ETF stuff. I um I have no idea why Bitcoin bumped. There were a lot of predictions early on in the year. Um, you know the mining rate gets harder. It gets it gets increasingly more scarce over time. So like that combined with its longevity, well, the likelihood is that the trend will continue upward because um, that's kind of like built into the mechanism. Um, but i think it's really interesting to think about um like zeitgeist related things i don't know like like there's regulation there's adoption there's all these variables that are like based on these fuzzy sentiments like and and Bitcoin like, slices across a bunch of them, and it's so interesting from like, a sociological standpoint to look at Bitcoin price as an indicator of sociological phenomenon. But I don't, I don't know, always know what it means as an indicator, <laughs> if that makes any sense.
1: That makes total sense, but it wasn't just Bitcoin, too. Like AVAX, um, Avalanche jumped like huge amount <clears throat> i looked at avalanche and i was like whoa avalanche went from like 20 to 36 dollars which is i think bigger than most things in the market and i just wonder if there was specific um crypto related like news or announcements that i miss i mean is, is avax like the new um is avalanche the new the new layer two that we should be using and any stuff like that come up
3: i know avalanche has something coming out i don't know i haven't Researched it, but I've seen a lot of stuff popping up, so that's probably it. I gotta, I have some old avalanche somewhere, so I gotta see. I I didn't look at that, so I gotta see how much it went up. I think you're gonna be
1: happy when you look, um, unless it's dropped, you know, by the same amount since we started this call.
4: (laughs) There's a, oh, sorry. You're good, George, go. Um, there's a very interesting book that, uh, called the, on the, uh, the the historic, well, it's not exactly the title, but something like the historical madness of crowds. And it's been out of, it's, it's, it was, it was written in, uh, like a long time ago, but it's a really good book. And, uh, it, it, a lot of, it, it, it it pinpoints a lot of, of, uh, times in history where, Things happen and people ascribe reasons for them, but when you look back, it's really kind of hard to think of a reason. And 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 uh, and so I don't know. There's kind of a herd mentality to a lot of things, and I think uh, when human beings interact with one another, uh, we tend to want to always give give a give a reason for things. But I think there's some there's some times when things just happen. And the 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 I'm not saying that this is one of those times, but I'm saying it, it might be where you're you know the fear of missing out or whatever is is taking over and it's not uh it's not based on rationality or even emotion it's just sort of a this is what we do you know kind of kind of thing uh so at least that's a possibility in my mind
1: that makes sense um hey this was another insight that okay so random small kind insight but um going back to web 3 and sent pages um one of the things that I, I decided that I'm going to do is I have, a, I have a collection of books that are all tied to vagabond, right? The word vagabond or uh, the, the idea of vagabond or travel, you know, and I've, I've put together this collection of books over many, many decades, I guess, and it's a pretty neat collection, but I'm a little little bit thinking like, you know, it's time to let them go and how's what's the best way that I can do that and how could I how could I incorporate web three into like doing this? And I, I got this idea of, okay, so what if I were to take a nice picture of these books? Like, you know, there's going to be ones that I'll keep, but uh, for the most part, I think, what if I were to take a nice picture of the book and to place it on scent with, um, with a price attached to it as an NFT. And then, and then the person that buys that NFT will then have the ability to, I can ship them the book. Um, basically. So they can send me their address and I can ship them the book. But I've I've been wanting for a while to be able to sell real world goods as NFTs, giving provenance to them and somehow somehow making it possible for people to pay with crypto or with or with fiat money. So my my thought is with the books, I can take a book You know, take a picture of it, write a nice description of it, make sure to show the provenance and why it is this particular book and not, you know, another different copy of it. And then I'm thinking create two two cent NFTs, one that I will send to my off of cent wallet so that I can list it for a crypto price. And the other one that I'll keep in my cent wallet that will be listed for a fiat price and whichever one sells, the other one will be delisted. Does that make sense? Is that have you guys thought about this about how to how to bring commerce to Web three and and with real world things?
2: I literally think about this all the time. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Um, I I think I'm loving experiments that I see. I also. I think there's, there's things about like things that are sticky and like things that are elevated, um, in mainstream media and mainstream stuff. It's, it's, it's so tied to, they manufacture the emergence that we see in, um, you know who's on saturday night live as the musical act is determined by basically the equivalent of an algorithm right and like what gets elevated what becomes in all of a sudden they're on good morning america they're on the late night shows and their ads are popping up on every device right so like there's this this sense that emergence is being orchestrated um But then there's this other phenomenon, this weird cult classic kind of thing that happens where it was like copied hand to hand and like photocopied street underground, whatever that is. And I I don't think that's gone away, even if it has been co opted. So I think what I'm always thinking of when knowing or imagining that I don't have access to the larger engine. Uh, what does it mean to just build on a on a low, <laughs> low brow scale? I don't know what I'm saying.
1: I, I gave 100%, not because you don't know what you're saying, but because I agree with you. Um, I just wanted to point that out. Um, and no, I'd like to hear more about what you're saying there, because I really believe that you do know what you're talking about
3: and what you're saying.
2: Well, I know we're approaching time, but like, the patterns kind of work where like the engine takes what's on the margins and pulls it into the center kind of repackages it and then redistributes it but with the profit going to the center (laughs) so like there's this always there's always tendrils out to pull great ideas great content great story from the margins and pull it into the center um Rihanna's witchcraft, for example, and the paranormal, and anything weird or esoteric can get pulled into the center, but you, you because we're not controlling that um, decision-making process, um, there's a little bit of, of gamification that happens on both ends. If I'm on the margins and I wanna be in the center, I have to trick the center into paying attention to me. And if I'm in, in the center, And I want stuff from the margins. I have to trick the margins that I'm matching their value set or something. Um, So this is always this is really interesting interplay that that happens.
4: I think I I like what you're saying, and and I suspect that the like like the algorithm that that you that you posit as being you know the 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 thing that causes that creates what's going to be in the center. I suspect that that algorithm itself uh, is also emerging. In other words, the algorithm itself changes. And I think we try to, uh, we try to either alter the algorithm, or, you know, do things to fit in with the algorithm. And as it's changing, and so then we kind of control some of it. But then some more of it, it emerges. And so I think it's a, it's so we shift. And so I think it's a combination of the two. And I think that's why nobody can quite pin down what the algorithm is because it, it changes like everything else. That's my, yeah.
1: Well, I do feel like this is a topic that we should touch on again because we're touching on really, really important things that, you know, essentially bridge the gap between the web three things that we all love and the passions aside from web three that we all have. And also the way that those things can be co-opted, used, exploited, or promoted um, might be another, another way to look at that. But Riona, I I realize that we're running out of time. And so I want to hand the mic back to you. And and if you want to wrap things up or if you have closing thoughts or, you know, it's your show. Take it.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm so enthralled by the things that we were just talking about. Um, and I want to pick that up again because I have actually had some different ideas about physical goods and utilizing NFTs to show ownership and all of that. And so let's definitely table this for next um, Monday, um, same time, same place right here. And um, let's come back to that. So that's wonderful. And everyone, and whether you're listening now or in the future, thank you so much for dropping by and spending an hour with us. We really appreciate that. And we hope that we've been able to give um, some inspiration and send some love your way. So if anyone else has anything that they would like to add, please let's do that. And then we will sign off for the day.
2: Thank you everyone
0: so much for coming. I hope you all have a wonderful day.